we're talking about a podcast. Oh, we're talking about itty bitty podcast. Oh, podcast. Merry Mini Monday, Chunkies. I'm Carter. I'm Doge. And I'm Jordan. My voice sounded really smoky when I said my name. I'm I just Doge. had. I'm Doge. I'm Doge. In a world where this is my podcast and I am me. <laughs> I'm I got more. Doge. I got more of a vibe where it was going to be like, "Thanks for coming, guys. The drinks are going to be flowing all night long. This first song is a little ditty. You might know it goes a little something like this. This first in like this, this first this first entire record, top to bottom, is Marvin Gaye's Trouble Man. Ah, speaking of See, Marvin Gaye, you went radio. I went like Smoky Club with a cover band. One man, one desire. <laughs> Uh, guys, we're still on that tiny television screen. We are. We are. We are now three episodes into The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. And I'll throw an opinion out there because it's an opinion podcast. Oh. I had fun this episode, but there wasn't a, like, there's not much of like a big, a big beat here. Like there's not, Dude. not much registering for me. Carter, I feel the same way. This is my least favorite yeah, so far. Yeah. Can I can this I is, can uh, I lay out what I think is going on for me? Yeah, let's yeah, I want to hear I want to hear in. if you're on the same page. Yeah. I go. this was there was some fun action. It was fun to watch. It wasn't a bad episode of television by any means, but I'm realizing I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier is when it's boiled down, I think it's a story about two men coping with the loss of a friend and figuring out how do you move forward and carry on a legacy that wasn't originally yours? And this episode didn't touch on those things. Uh, it did for, you know, two minutes up in a plane. Um, and I liked that part a lot. But ultimately, this was an episode that was about a story beat and not about, like, the heart of the story. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, it was like, oh, man, I, I I don't know. I want that to move forward. I want more of these two guys... Um, figuring out what it looks like to be without Steve. I think that's our, like the story of figuring out what's next for the Captain America mantle. Yeah. I think we could probably call that our A story. Right. And the B story would be called, what's up with all these super soldiers? And (laughs) I think, I think this season, at least it feels to me like it's pretty neatly bifurcated story B into two parts. This is the end of the first part of story B where we say, what is going on with all these super soldiers? Because we found out. And now the rest of story B is going to be, well, we got to stop all these super soldiers. Right. And so I think this is just kind of that weird, that weird little middle part uh, where we, you know, we culminate our action of the first part of, of the first part of story B and then set things up for the second part of story B. There was actually, I didn't get that feeling that you guys had from this episode. There's a lot of stuff that's set up here that I think is going to be super duper interesting. Yeah, I think yeah, so I too. agree. Uh, here's how I've, I think, Jordan, you've helped me figure out what it is about this episode that just felt different. I think the great thing about Marvel is almost always you'll have a paramount character in the narrative that is like someone you have never seen before. Right. You have never met. That is just very, very much leaning into fiction. Um, we have the most extremes of like Thor, who is a demigod. But then we also do have like our uh, T'Challa's, right? Or our Steve Rogers. It's like looks human, but superhuman. Uh, Bucky technically is that, 
But there is something about how normal our heroes were in this episode, even though we get we do get yeah. some of that good, good Winter Soldier arm action. Right, yeah. Yeah. That all of a sudden now, in my uh, archives of all of the action movies and shows I've ever seen, I can't help but it just feel like everything else that I've seen before. Yeah. I can't help but prefer, you know, the beginning of uh, Attack of the Clones. Or like, hey, we're going into a bar to find a bad guy or something. Like, I, I, I want more fantastical for some reason. And I don't, I don't think that's too fair to the story of these two guys. Sure. Um, and it could be the aftershock of WandaVision and just how out there that was. But this one just felt like I could have turned on CBS and caught one of the Chicago PD, yeah, or Chicago Fire or something. It's kind of like it's kind of lethal like, weapony. Yeah, it's like okay, yeah, uh, nothing completely new. That's really yeah. I think what's what got me here is I'm just spoiled because we didn't yeah. really get any like the most the comic book stuff is Madripoor itself, not Falcon's cool wings right. or Bucky's cool robot arm. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Totally. And, and I think maybe for me, there's an element of I'm okay if we are not into the fantastical, if it's serving to move our A plot forward, which I would say is, uh, for me, what I care about the most. I'll just speak for myself. Like, I, I, I care by far the most about the journey that Bucky and Sam are taking with their grief and with their plans moving forward. Yeah. Um, so anytime, you know, when we're on the plane and... I mean, I'll just say when we're on the plane and Sam and Bucky are talking about, you know, all this for a hunk of metal and Sam's talking about feeling guilty about, you know, Isaiah not being treated like a person and Bucky's saying like, hey, you know, I, I'll, I'll go take the shield from this guy before I let you just give it up. It means something to me. That's my super pump for the episode. Not simply yeah. because it talked about my favorite plot, but also because... Um, I just thought it was really well acted by the two of them. So that that was my yeah. highlight of the episode. Yeah, yeah, they're great. I think when it was just the interactions between uh, the three, I'll add Zemo in here. Um, just their conversations too. Uh, I'm not saying this is the same as what you super pumped, but it was a similar uh, pump for me just to have the the three of them. This is su- this is such a well acted show. Yeah, um, I, I yeah. think this feels. Because of our head of sword, <laughs> who kind of brought a lot of people down, <laughs> um, this feels better acted as an ensemble than sure. one division so far. Sure, I think um, it's because we got more movie characters in it. Yeah, too. That's you know definitely I mean? part of it. Yeah, I, think so. I mean, n- nothing against TV actors because they're better actors than me. Just a silly old podcast actor. But right, well, even our, 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 our movie two- actors are pretty great are two people that are taking a lot of screen time that are new in this series. We have Wyatt Russell as John Walker and Aaron Kellyman as uh, Carly Morgenthau. Yeah. I love both of them. And I think they're yeah. both absolutely bringing it. They're movie actors, right? Right. Exactly. Like yeah. they're not, they, they are, they're not, I don't know. I don't want to say that, especially now it feels like the lines are blurring even more between what is movie and what is TV. Like, But when we, when we pull people for WandaVision, we're pulling sitcom and comedy people. Right. You know, and I think it's because those episodes have a, a more hefty effects budget. Like the, the effects budget for this episode, obviously a lot of it went to the digital city of Madripoor. But then other than that, it was like, you know, it's choreography, which, which we do in every single Chicago PD, like Carter said. Right. Yeah. 
The choreography is really fantastic. I mean, it's very episode. good. It's Just very by good. The way, I can't say enough about our fight choreographer for Marvel. I mean, hey, how did you feel? Uh, how did you feel about Zemo in this episode? Because I know you were super hyped up on him last week. That was your super pump. Uh, yeah, him, him being introduced. Uh, I thought he was great, man. Daniel Brühl just does no wrong for me. I, yeah. I think that he is always, he's he's one of those guys that um, he's got this weird intensity to him that just kind of makes everything he does interesting, not just as Zemo, but just in general. Um, and then I love that there was no apology for how comic-y he looked with that big, long trench coat, like just threw on the trench coat. And then it's like, that's him now. That's, that's what he Z- wears. Got that Zemo drip. And uh, I loved it, man. <laughs> I, yeah, I think- but I want to be clear, this episode wasn't necessarily disappointing to me, just by far yeah. the least interesting story-wise. Yeah. But it was fun. I felt yeah, that too. Yeah. I think we had some pacing problems this episode. Everything agree, kind of just yeah. happened so fast. And we didn't really give our characters a ton of space to act and process and decide things in between our big set pieces. And it's it's right. clear that the priority in this episode is those big set pieces because we've got the fight uh, in Madripoor, we've got the fight in uh, Seraph's Club. We've got yep. the fight in the shipping container. Like we've got a ton of fighting in this episode, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's just that's where our priority went. Sharon holding it down in the shipping containers was cool, but man, she killed a lot of people. Yeah, Sharon. Sharon, Sharon is my super pump in this episode. Yeah, that oh, kill okay. count is high. Yes, we're giving Sharon something interesting to do for the first time in the MCU. Uh, right. There's something shady going on with her. I think we're supposed to think she might be the power broker. Uh, that would be a very cool direction to take this character. I think certainly the pieces add up that she has accumulated enough wealth to get into the art trading scene by selling the super soldier serum. Right. Um, I don't know, though. After WandaVision, I'm really hesitant to bank on it. I mean, Mephisto might be the power broker at this point, so who knows? <laughs> That's fair. No, I, I am I am leaning towards Sharon either being the power broker or working for the power broker. Yeah. Um. Yep. I saw uh, some speculation online that it could be that she is, if she's not the power broker, she's at least working as sort of a handler for the Flag Smashers because no borders, no countries means she gets to go home. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a, a cool connection. Uh, speaking of the Flag Smashers, uh, just want to give another shout out to Erin uh, Kellyman. Her performance is Carly Morgenthau. Um, every little bit of... Um, we're getting more motivation. We're getting more like what they're actually doing. And I'm I'm more interested every time they're on screen. Yeah. You know, she was talking about like that moment right before they raid that house in, uh, where is it, Latvia? Uh, right yeah. before they raid that house when she is saying like, hey, we got to do everything we can to make sure that these kids in these refugee camps don't face the same struggles that we did. That I mean, that's noble, man. We're starting to see what we were talking about of like, uh, you know, it's 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 a it's a noble cause with misguided action. Yeah. Um, How are we going to resolve that though? That's because that's yeah, an interesting thing. Is like we've got three episodes, three hours left to either continue to vilify this humanitarian group that yes uses extreme actions to accomplish their goals, but ultimately their their heads in the right place. Yeah, I mean, she did blow up a building full of people. Sure, but it so didn't seem that the other the other like the Australian dude with her and by proxy, the other flag smashers don't seem to be very cool with that kind of vibe. Right. So I would say that that is both the strength and weakness of a Marvel television show. Yeah. And by that, I mean, um, it's, it's the same thing, which is we, we are under no obligation to close out any story. 
Yeah. Um, it, anything can be continued in a movie or a That's sequel a TV show. Like, we don't have to have closure from any of this. I would like to get closure from a lot of it, but we don't have yeah. to. Yeah. Because we can pick up. I mean, who knows? I think the that's Flag a pretty. Smashers could be a big thing. I think that's a pretty valid criticism, especially as I've spent a little bit of time reflecting on Wandavision. Right. We didn't really close those stories. Sure. You know what I mean? We just told part of it, sure. and we're like, "Hope you're interested." No, but we're going to continue this in a year. That's what I'm saying. It's a strength and a weakness, right? It's a, yeah. it's a valid criticism, but it's also a, a huge plus because that means they can take bigger swings. Well, I would say that's the secret to Marvel's continued success. We've talked before about how these movies are are sort of insulated from criticism, uh, and and we can see that in microcosm of how we've even said when we're watching these Marvel shows, we're not going to super dump on an episode because if there's something we don't like, maybe they'll redeem it by the end. Right. But then I think you can't even, like, I think that applies to Marvel movies as well. It's like, sure. if there's something I don't like, well, maybe they're going to fix that in Doctor Strange 7. Right. It's like it's like Marvel has has set themselves up to always say, well, but it's not done yet, though. Hold on. Right. Because Which I think brilliant, by the way. Exactly. Once Shang-Chi <laughs> comes out. Source and material. We, once yeah. Shang-Chi comes out and we get the actual Mandarin, I think people are going to watch Iron Man 3 and say, no, you can't really criticize that because that's clearly not the real Mandarin. Even right. though at the time... There was every intention that this is the Mandarin character in the MCU. Right. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. You just said Shang-Chi. Did, you, did we just say that? Yeah. yeah. Ten Rings? Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. I, uh, I've been listening to a lot of uh, podcasts just about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and comic books and stuff just because it's such a big world and it's intimidating and it feels like this is a gateway of doing this podcast and, and diving deeper than just you might normally uh, to to learn more about that stuff. And as with any comic book, uh, there's a messy past, right? Like there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that doesn't quite have a good through line. Yeah. Um, but it, it felt like from what I'm learning that the MCU, so Marvel as a whole and its characters, uh, was more applicable to making such a big cinematic world like this. Uh, it feels like a lot of people that like both DC and Marvel have been offended by some of the moves DC has made to kind of like rewrite. Like DC, from what I've heard, DC as a whole, as canon, is a lot messier uh, than Marvel. I think but, that's tricky though, because DC seems to do a big, a crisis event where they kind of relaunch all their continuity and wipe characters past and give you, okay, we know you've been reading Batman stories for 60 startovers. years, but yeah. here's what this Batman's all about. And they kind of just keep relaunching. And Marvel has had... Functionally, the same continuity going the entire time with with some universe wide reboots and combinations. I think of like Secret Wars. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just I don't know. But it's yeah. tricky. Maybe that's what I meant. And, and and to kind of come alongside the well, who knows? They'll have they'll have time to to answer that for us in right. who knows how many years from now. Yeah, but well, and my, I want to be clear that that I again I, I really do think it's also a strength. I, I'm not. This is not just a criticism of Marvel. It's also an attaboy because... No, that's for, what I'm for, saying. For how annoying it can be for um, stories to not have the closure we want when we want them to have it, it's so nice to go, yeah, but this can go forever. Right. Like, but but when they all pay off at the exact same time, like in Endgame, right. it's a huge gamble. And when yeah. it actually works, it's unbelievable. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, yep. My uh, super pump... Uh, is a little bit related to Endgame, but my super pump is the Flag Smashers. And I think the the big step that we took in this being kind of like an icky situation uh, yeah. when she blew up the building. I yeah. think that that is the moment uh, 
it is far more intriguing to me when our villains sometimes don't feel that way. Right. Um, and then then they'll kind of do these things that reiterate like, no, you're bad. But then they will five minutes later be like, oh, but you're so good. Right. Um, which, and I say that in reference to Endgame because I think that's something that made Thanos really interesting. I yes, agree. he was a big bad and he killed half the world. But universe. S- Half the universe, yes. Somewhere digging up those ingredients, there was something that was like, well, we're afraid to say it, but a little bit of that made sense. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're like, and well, so, you know, we are running out of you know, oil you gotta and water relate. and we're burning down But I think, I think and- any time that you can make any kind of evil, uh, no matter how intense it is in, in the art of film, if you can make that evil relatable to the viewer, uh, amazing. Big deal. Completely fascinating. Yeah. 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 So I think I think the Flag Smashers is uh becoming my favorite uh storyline of this show mm-hmm. right now. I'm my really favorite interested. Storyline um of our show is the one where uh we make money because of ads. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've got something to say. Finally. Tell me, tell me about it. Tell me about first, Madripoor. First sentence is Madripoor, first of all. Poor, sorry. Second of all, uh, it's tangentially about Madripoor. Uh, but we do get the smiling tiger in the MCU, which is the biggest shock of all time to me, confirmed that Conrad Mack exists. He's probably not the same character in the com uh in, in the MCU as he is in the comics. I'm going to read the most succinct definition of Conrad Mack and who he is comes from Yahoo News. In the comics, Conrad Mack is the son of a Vietnam veteran and a Cambodian dragon cult bride and is a member of the Folding Circle crime gang in Madripoor. He speaks only in growls and wears a a suit with razor-sharp claws. (laughs) Very good. So is it any wonder wonder that the most charismatic man of all time— Sam Wilson cannot convincingly play this man who speaks only in growls and has yeah. very sharp claws. <laughs> when he when he was on the phone, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, for sure." And I'm, then I'm gonna kill that banker. I thought that yeah. was pretty. Yep. funny. I've yeah. laundered uh-huh. so much it. money. His hesitation, <laughs> his hesitation to drink whatever the snake gallbladder shot that was. was right. Also, was that like, was disgusting. I've, yeah, like his, like bringing it up to his mouth and being like, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go, okay, I'm fine. And like just yep. to drink that. I love Dude, him. Yep. His, so in that same bar, Bucky, I I always have this conflict when stuff like this happens in movies and I like to sit in it because it's uncomfortable and weird. But when he was like pretending to be 
the old me. When, <laughs> yeah, yeah, when yeah. he was fighting all those people. That scene was really cool. But Very I also cool. was like, oh, poor Bucky, man. He doesn't want to be this person anymore. Well, but that was awesome. The I, I think his pardon might get revoked because there were people filming that. Yeah. Filming him being Winter Soldier. And I think that'll end up leaking. Yeah. Yeah. I well, I mean, also to be fair, he did break Baron Zemo out of jail. Right. So. That's what I'm saying. The I confirmation. Think that was gone. Well, the filming confirms that it was him that broke Zemo out because right. now they're seen together and he's winter soldiering it up in Madripoor. Right. right. I think in our MCU television timeline, uh, it is a significant when we're out here with the storage containers, that's a little blip on that timeline because, in terms of, okay, the, we already talked about this though with Sharon, but like we're killing people. Like I, oh, yeah. I only bring this up after talking about Bucky because he threw a pole, not a sharp pole, just a pole through somebody's body. It's almost worse body. that it wasn't sharp, huh? Exactly. <laughs> we got to throw it harder. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's like a hole punch. Yeah. It was just, yeah. That was also that felt, awesome. That, yeah, that, for sure. Uh, for sure. Like with Sharon's big bloody machete in that scene, like that felt very much like we're taking advantage of the fact that TV doesn't necessarily have to run through the MPAA. So right. we can be a little bit gorier than we would be in a PG-13 family-friendly blockbuster. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sharon just like domed that guy with a pistol from like six feet away when he yeah. loaded that corner. I mean, there's yeah. some murder happening. Yeah, there's some murder. It's interesting. It's, I think, you know, when we develop this, uh, not career, but we we develop this like history of watching shows and the shows too, especially on TV, uh, that you can tell when someone isn't killed, right? When it's left up to us to be like, <laughs> right. well, they might not have died. But there were definitely moments that I was like, well, maybe not. Oh, nope. Oh, <laughs> for sure. Oh, he definitely. Definitely did. did. One of my most uttered <laughs> phrases when I'm watching a movie with Callie is show me the body. Anytime a yes. character with a name, quote unquote, dies, if I don't see a corpse, they're not dead. Yeah. You kept yelling that funeral. during Up, which sucked. That was like, that really hurt when you kept yeah. saying that during the first 15 minutes of Up. I can't stop doing it too. I, I I was doing it the other day um, when I was watching golf. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Something I've else I like about golf in my life. about uh, specifically our scenes in Madripool is so many of our uh, you're doing you're doing it to make me angry. Why? It's Madripoor. Madripoor. Sorry. Why am I saying Madripool? <laughs> to make me angry. I already told you why. Madripoor. I'm here to represent the people that don't know how to pronounce <laughs> Madripoor. <laughs> okay. We're not all experts. Um, <laughs> I it stood out to me that it's not just like it feels like hitmen is not a phrase anymore. It is like women and men, and like it just feels like yeah. the representation of our goons. <laughs> For real, though, it feels yeah. a little bit more significant than uh, just not talking about it. I yeah. think it's like. I love it. I think Marvel is is doing a really good job, and this one feels uh, this this series in particular, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, is feels like pretty important in terms of. I mean, there's moments that uh, I, I've never watched a movie before in theaters that had so many uh, like everybody cheers, half the people cheer loud, all the women cheer as in game. But the moment that we had all of our women superheroes together, right, right, we we intentionally framed and gave them a scene. I, I just the representation as a whole for both our goons and our heroes. Uh, it feels like I'm ready for that to feel normal. Yeah, and it just be like, dude, hey, one of my, anybody can be good, anybody can be bad, anybody can. While we're talking about that conviction. scene, 
I have seen, uh, this is a tangent, but <laughs> it's our podcast. We can do what we want. So there's so many people online that I have seen dunk on the like women team up in Endgame uh, for various reasons. Some for some for obviously uh, just misogynist reasons, but I'm not saying that's all of them because I've seen a lot of people say like, Oh, you know, like it it was it didn't even make story sense. Like it was just an excuse to have all the women together on screen. Like it was just there was no story reason for that to happen. It was just some excuse to just get a scene of all the women together doing something cool. And uh to that I say, yep. Yeah, that's my thought on it. It's it to it me was awesome. <laughs> to me, a lot of the times the word agenda is a word Ew, yuck. That. No, right. to me a, a straight white boy, it can at, at points feel a little pandering of like, okay, well, did you have to? But then I remember there are a million scenes of straight white boys doing cool stuff together that don't need to be there and I don't even notice them. And so it's like, Dude, well, maybe I need to step out of myself for again, just a second. For just, sure. My, my answer is so. Yeah, it exactly. was awesome. It's a comic book movie. It's it's secondary responsibility <laughs> yeah. behind telling a story is to look really cool. Show me cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a story. Show me the show body. Me cool stuff. Exactly. And when, and, when I left the theater, the thing that Callie talked about the whole way home from Endgame was that dope team-up scene. Anyway, that's just my little Marvel yeah. soapbox right now. Speaking of Marvel women, we get second in command of the Dora Milaje. We get Io. Yes, we do. Uh, she is most famous for her line to Natasha Romanoff, move or be moved in Civil War. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's the oh, yeah. she's the Dora Milaje who was guarding Shuri uh, during the events of Infinity War. Yeah, Uh Pretty cool because I was wondering if we were going to get any sort of reference to all the time that Bucky spent just kind of chilling in yeah. Wakanda. Outside of outside of White Wolf. Right. When yeah. he corrected him. Right. Yeah. I think we're going to get a little bit of that. I think it's very interesting that they're probably here to kill Zemo. Oh, Because yeah. that's why they're yeah. here. They're angry because Zemo because killed Zemo King T'Chaka. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Zemo was even referenced in this episode, right? Right. Zemo killed T'Chaka, and then a week later, the events of Black Panther happen, and then a few years later, Infinity War happens, and now we're back here. So there's been pretty much no time at all. Yep. We said this was Winter Soldier, the movie, but or the TV show, but it's kind of Civil War, the TV show, a little bit. I think it's the characters of Civil War painted in the same pastiche as the Winter Soldier, though, because it is not like it's not as bright and colorful as Civil War. You know what I no. mean? No, but it's just anytime you have Bucky involved in something, everybody's got to end up taking sides at some point is what it seems like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you think Bucky is kind of the nucleus of the um, identity crisis hero character? It's like he's been both bad and good and then bad wrestling with good, good wrestling with bad. Yeah. It feels like a lot. There's so many characters that, and so many narratives in this specific show. Like, is it canon that Zemo helps the good guys sometimes? Um, I think you could probably say that with just about any super villain. Right. I, People I think jump there's back and forth. There's going to be at least one story where they're like, the only person who can help yeah. us is yeah. the Joker. Yeah. It almost feels <laughs> like the, uh, on many levels, if there was like a theme so far for this series, it's like conflict. And I think we've talked about that before, but it's like, uh, how are they going to end? Uh, because it feels like almost anybody can flip. Uh, probably our strongest uh, character in terms of feeling like they're just going to be good, good is uh, Sam. But yeah, he broke Zemo out of jail. So 
broke Zemo out of jail. Like he's got he's got a bunch of stuff to be guilty for. You guys it, don't but. love you guys don't love John Walker, U.S. Patriot slash the new Captain America, yelling, uh, "Don't you know who I am?" at people while he's interrogating them. Hey, let's talk <laughs> yes. about that scene. Steve uh, would never do that. Let's talk about that scene. Wyatt Russell. So he is crushing it. Um, yeah. And that scene in particular, I think, did such a great job in just a few seconds of showing us the difference between uh, Steve and John. John came in uh, using cuss language in the suit. Mm. How dare he? Mm. Uh, but don't you know Steve who I am? Game. Is just like the gross. most. Yeah, it's gross, and it's it's such a. Um, What's what's the word that I'm looking for here? It is the perfect it, it is a perfectly boiled down juxtaposition between the two right there in that moment. Um it's not the same. Steve never would have said that, you know? Yeah. And and I don't even think that John Walker's a bad dude. I just think that you have to be an exceptional dude to be as good as Steve. Not a perfect soldier, but a good man. Right. As my boy, as my boy himself, Stanley Tucci said. Stanley Tucci. Hey, more, more like Stanley Two Cheeks. Nice. Hey. More like Stanley Two Chunks. Oh, uh, I get it though. For That's John, yeah. I get it. John is pretty sympathetic to me because how sure. do you not have an inferiority complex following in the footsteps of Steve Rogers? Yep. Yep. Putting on that suit. Exactly. It's tough. What else is tough is sometimes ending episodes. Mm-hmm. Has, has everyone super pumped? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has everyone super pumped? <laughs> uh, oh, this- I think everyone is super pumped. <laughs> it sure sounds that way to me. Amazing. So Liverpool out of nowhere. <laughs> um, Don't you mean Madripool? Ooh. I wish we could just end it there. I wish the episode could just finish. To end this episode, <laughs> I want you to give me uh, your name. And then tell me, what do you think would be a better name for the city <laughs> Madripoor? <laughs> I'm Carter. I think Madripoor has a nice ring to it. It feels like one of those not quite tippity top of the line, so no one's going to judge you underground. <laughs> underground pool. I'm going to keep it. Yeah. Underground pool. Uh, it's like, oh, yeah, this is a top tier, but it's not the toppest. So I'll swim in it. The Madripoor. I'm Josh. And I think we should call this Carter City because mm. then my friend Carter might remember what it's called. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm Jordan, and I think it should be called um, the same Hong Kong from Godzilla vs. Kong at the end. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a long name. but King Kong could remember it because it was his name. Yeah. Yes. And he knew Hong Kong. It's much like Carter City. Yes. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.